0: Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guest today is a missionary doctor serving in Tanzania, Stefan Folt. Welcome to Upward Way. Thank you
1: so much, Marlon.
0: Let me say thanks, Dr. Folt, for making yourself available to be a guest on this show. It has been a long time coming. But just before I go any further, I want to say to my listeners, you can subscribe to weekly episodes on the Apple, AWR, Lord Voice, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podcast Guru apps. You're also welcomed to visit Upward Way Facebook page, click like, and leave a comment. So please remember to subscribe, click like, leave a comment. So Dr. Folk, for the listeners, you know, you are doing missionary work. They are in Luwali, to be exact, in Tanzania. So, could you just shed some light about this mission project? Maybe when it got started, what are the things that you are doing? We'll start there and then we'll take it a bit further.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Malan. Um, I started uh, this mission project in uh, 2010. Um, I was just about to start um, studying medicine when I traveled uh, to the village or to the town district where I grew up in Liwale, southern Tanzania. And it is here where I saw a need for a mission station or a place. And so... um, I had a burden in my heart to uh, do a fundraising project to start with two Bible workers to send them down to this place, and um, about three months later, God answered that prayer um, when I connected to um, family friend to a friend of mine, and I told them about that, and they were willing to fund two Bible workers. So that's when we started. And um, from there on, we had these two Bob workers working at this place while I was studying medicine. And um, about three years later, we uh, were able to um, build a church for about 300 uh, seating capacity and uh, while we committed to reach out uh, to this place in the very southern area of Tanzania, um, has been a tremendous blessing. And later, uh, about eight years in 2018, um, that's uh, when I felt a call that we should start training all these um, people who had made a decision for Christ. They had become church members but they needed more training and so 2018 when i had returned uh, to uh, germany i had studied medicine in tanzania um, in east africa Uh, when i returned um, when i was my first salary um, i devoted that to god to say just whatever is needed for the bible school to feed 25 uh, young people who want to learn more about God and how to outreach, how to do evangelism, and how just to be an effective light for Christ. And that's when we started back then. By now, uh, we established um, another place in the northern part of Tanzania as well. So we're running two different places at the same time. It was a former... Of that, uh, we took over Um, that um, lady in her eighties, or when she retired, had started, and uh, the orphans they had already sent on to better schools, and so the place was just uh, staying by itself. And so we took that over and uh, started there as well um, to train young people uh, to become medical missionaries as well, in that area, and so that is what we've been doing, and so far, um, I think we have trained about 150 uh, students uh, that far, and uh, this year, in November, we are just about to start the next batch with um, approximately about 70 to 80 students that we will start with.
0: Sounds like a lot, and you know, I- I'm listening, it's very exciting. So, I just want to unpack it a bit more. So, you said that you started this outreach initiative, let me put it that way first, while you yes. were studying medicine as a medical student. Yes,
1: yes, that's true. I was actually just before I started medicine studying, I had gone through a pre university course of six months and then I had um, six months where I was free and in that time I came to Liwale that's the place where I grew up just to see how things have changed and it was here where I was just walking around and you know going a little bit with a motorbike here and there where I realized that God has um, a call for this place and and I saw that because um, there was a I think there was some Christian family friend as well, who had been working here as a priest, and then there was, I think, Baptist missionaries that were here to try to see if they can translate the Bible into the local tribe language, which is uh, Wangindo, or Kingindo, and um, then um, there was another family here uh, from America who were, like, drilling wells, and so Um, Seeing that, I realized that God seemed to have an intense interest in that place, Um, and at the same time, there was uh, no operating Adventist church in this area, and um, that made me really think, uh, because... It was just a group that was meeting, but um, every now and then it wouldn't function. uh, And it was very difficult to be established uh, simply because um, a lot of these people, they were just um, personnel from the government who most of the time they were traveling as well. So the, the work as a, the church work wasn't really getting anywhere for a long time. And that's when I, felt the desire to actually send down bar workers to this place and start outreach to this place.
0: All right. So you, you've actually answered the question I was going to ask, you know, what was the inspiration for this project? But you said you, you went because this was the area that you grew up. In. Yes. So whenever we think of launching out, there oftentimes or maybe all the time, you know, there is an element of doubt, an element of uncertainty. So the thing is, you know, what was it that cushioned your faith, causing you to know that, you know, this this um, burden that God has laid on my heart, it's it's really possible for this project to take off.
1: That's a very interesting question. When I started, as a thought, thinking about this and praying about this and realizing that God seems to have an interest to this place. Otherwise, there wouldn't be so many people trying to bring um, the Christian message, the gospel to this place and with the light that they had uh, to a place that was very dark, I would say. Um, with a lot of people who are Muslim, and on the other side, a lot of people who simply believe in uh, voodoo and all these things. And um, it's the place is actually, there's a close by village close by that is known all over southern Tanzania for that. Voodoo practices that they do there. And so it's, uh, for me, I just realized that God wants to have something here. And as uh, as God's people, we should have an intense in- in it and that was something that really uh, caught my attention
0: all right so i'm gonna just you know kind of retrace your own journey now so you are a medical practitioner medical doctor you're also a Seventh-day adventist christian so you know where and when did your faith journey begin
1: my faith journey I would say it started in uh, 2006 and a couple of years before when I was actually in um, they say grammar school in person in German gymnasium Uh, it was there where I was in my class there was an Adventist boy in there as well and through him I got in contact uh, with the church, uh, with him. He became a very close friend of mine until today. And uh, it was during that time that I would borrow a book here and there. I would read through The Great Controversy, read through Desire of Ages, and it inspired me. I realized that there is more than what I had known so far coming from uh, a non-Christian background. Uh, but realizing that God has so much more. And at that point in time, actually, I was more atheist than anything. And it was then when I started to come into contact with uh, biblical faith uh, in Christ uh, that uh, challenged me and where I had a lot of discussions uh, with this friend of mine. And at the end, um, 2006, uh, I... um, made the decision to be baptized and got baptized at that point in Germany.
0: We're happy that along your journey, you were able to have had an encounter with someone who could have cast a beam of light in your own direction. So you're originally from Germany, so you're a German. So how was it that you yes. that transition from Germany to Tanzania?
1: Well, actually, uh, it wasn't my decision. Uh, I came here with my parents when I was about three and a half years old. At that point, they were doctors. Or they are still doctors up to today. And um, they came with a German development service. They came over to uh, Tanzania. Uh, originally, I think they had planned to be stationed somewhere in South America. Uh, But then uh, the German Development Service sent them down to Tanzania. That was 1989. And uh, they came here as doctors and stayed here. And then a later opened their own practice uh, in Tanzania. I think one of the first private practices, a very socialistic country. And due to that, I basically spent the first uh, 10 years of my life uh, starting from the age of three and a half uh, to 14 years. I spent in Tanzania, speak the language, therefore, fluently. And um, with the age of 14, then I went back to Germany to continue uh, studying and doing uh, the O and A levels in Germany.
0: Right. So in essence, now you are following in the footsteps of your parents blessing the lives of those that you would have seen your parents blessing as a young person. That's true. As you mentioned, you know, you started med school. So we are always encouraged to invest in our own development. Oftentimes the focus is on the academia or on the physical. But many times for many persons, the spiritual dimension is woefully, you know, lacking, inadequate, or it's neglected. How do you actively pursue your own spiritual growth?
1: Let me start with this. Um, before I had decided to become a doctor myself, um, when um, I think what was two thousand and six, um, that journey started with uh, late Falkenberg. Back, back then, he had invited me and others at a youth meeting um, to um, join uh, with the sharing. And so I think about three months, no, two weeks after I got baptized, I was doing my first evangelistic campaign in uh, Tanzania, in Dar es Salaam. And then later I um, entered um, Church planting project, which uh, I was there for almost uh, twelve months, and uh, then afterwards I uh, joined um, uh, Bible School of Evangelism and Medical Missionary Course as well. When I was around um, 18, 20. and those were things that really uh, that really impacted my life, also spiritually, in giving me a very uh, different direction than I normally would have had.
0: I must take this opportunity. You know, I know your mission is geared toward youth in a general sense. However, the youth that you're serving, you know, the community you're serving, it's different from, let's say, you know, the community in Germany and other, we'd say, more developed societies. It's interesting that At 18, you know, you spend time to get your mind fortified in God's word. And it was later on that you decided to get your mind fortified more in academia. So for a young person who is contemplating, you know, what do I do with my life? I'm talking now about a young person who's of faith. What sort of advice, you know, would you give him, give her? from your own experience as it relates to making decisions for service, Christian service, that is?
1: I think a lot of times uh, we we put a huge emphasis on academia, so to say, which um, was no different uh, in my place. Um, And uh, for a young person uh, who uh, is just about to, start getting into it, uh, I would strongly advise uh, to take a time out and uh, simply serve the Lord and uh, see what call has got on his heart and um, get himself um, acquainted um, with uh, the Adventist message uh, that, uh, yes, we go to church, but uh, it's a different thing. For me, one of the things of uh, spending um about one year at the church planting project, where um, you study the Bible for yourself in order to be able to reach out to others, and then afterwards going to a um, school of evangelism, where again you you really spend a lot of time to really digest to really understand um, the the Bible so to say, and the doctrines uh, of the Seventh-day Adventist Church that are are based and founded in the Bible and have that love for Christ and for his work and and understand the three angels' message. I think those are the things that uh, really um, impacted me. And for every young person out there who is um, just about to enter academia into five, six, ten years of uh, studying and uh, getting his Ph.D. or whatever, When we embark on that journey, it's very important that um, we have a good connection with the Lord and that we really um, have understood what it means and we have learned, not only understood it, but made for me one of the biggest differences in having sat down and not only studied for myself, but had the opportunity by going to Germany and teaching others that I meet in their houses and teaching them. It uh, changed my way of life because from then on, uh, wherever I was, whether that was um, pursuing medical studies, uh, running a business, whatever it is, but um, always the question that is there in my mind is how can I make in this what I do, uh, make God first, last, and best? And, and the same question uh, to ask in, in my own life when I go through the day, when I'm doing my planning and uh, to make God first, last, and best, and when we do that, um, it has such a tremendous impact in our lives because of the very moments when you're down, when academia doesn't go so well, or whatever life throws at you, so to say, um, having that um, experience with the Lord, um, having seen things, knowing how does the Lord talk to me, um, how does God talk to others? How can God use me? And having seen God using you, it makes such an impact in uh, in, in your life as you go through and uh, focus on reaching out for others to bring them uh, to, to know their Savior.
0: Making God the first, best, and last in your life. That is... That's a gem for us to really write down, to save, to store up so that we can always just recall to memory, to strengthen us. Something I i am just inspired to ask because, you know, I am currently in Japan and I struggle with the language and I struggle not necessarily because it's so complex, yes, people will say it's complex, but I have not been able to you know dedicate enough time to to learn for an individual who aspires to go off you know wherever it is, even if it's in their own country, but they would love to do missionary work and they struggle with the language you know from your own experience what what do you say are the benefits, you know, of being able to speak the local language? And even if you don't, you know, what could be some some ways of surmounting that kind of a hurdle?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. I mean, I'm very thankful that uh, I grew up with, uh, we well, bilingual, so to say, with German and uh, Swahili at the same time, and then later in school learning uh, english and french and speaking those languages uh, pretty fluently Um, also i have to say with uh, swahili i'm thankful to have lived in the country because that just uh, helps you to understand not only the language but uh, you have um, a very different take on on the culture because you grew up here so you know how people think and you might convey a certain message, which for um, a person from the Western hemisphere um, might think, yeah, it's clear, this is what is meant. But uh, if you're coming from Tanzania, what you say might carry a very different meaning. And so um, communication is a keyword. And I still struggle sometimes because, you know, as much as I'm, uh, I've lived here for 20 years in the country, and I grew up here. But there are things that are still different. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's a challenge. At the same time, I'm thankful. And for a person who wants to embark on a journey to reach out to a place, one thing you have to know, uh, learning the language uh, takes you about five years of work to really be able to speak the language well. So uh, it doesn't just come by chance. Um, unless uh, it's the day of the Pentecost, so to say. Um, so it's a lot of dedication, a lot of work, but uh, it pays out. Because when you're able to talk with people in their local language uh, and you want to reach out to them, it makes such a difference. Um, you are able to communicate with them uh, in a way that they much better understand than if you you would have a translator in between um, or whatever you're using to get message across, it makes a huge difference. And it also helps you to avoid a lot of pitfalls that come along the way because of misunderstanding and of not understanding the language um, that uh, helps you to surmount that. So, yeah, take your time. I think if a person who wants to reach out or has a specific people or goal in mind, um, you know, figure out what that is what is God's call for you maybe there is a specific language group that God puts on your heart to reach out um, then the first step is probably learning about the culture and the language and really steep yourself into it uh, every second that you will invest into that uh, will pay out long run and um, and then move on. Uh, to do, uh, you know, see how you can work with that people group in order to reach them out.
0: Awesome. So it's about investment as that keyword I see coming out once again. With regards to challenges, difficulties that comes with ministry, I'm throwing a twofold question your way. So the first part, usually we say start with the positive, but I will the script this this time around so with regards to ministering not not your personal life per se but with regards to you know the ministry the outreach what would have been maybe one or two challenges you would have encountered that you had to overcome and in the same breath what are some of the miracles that you have actually seen or experienced through your senses as you have been ministering there in liwali
1: Actually, that's uh, one of the first things that I realized is that the God that we serve is so much bigger than we think. Um, I remember back then when we started, the first miracle that happened was um, finding people who would be willing to um, take their money that they could use for something else and invest that and sacrifice that for you be able to reach out uh, to that district and that village uh, where uh, you grew up and that they bought into that. That was the first thing. And it just happened that I was early in the morning uh, survival. when I was contemplating about it, I was just about to study to start with uh, the medical studies. And that's when um, a certain person family came into my mind. And so I in the evening, I put up Skype, and they were in Germany. I called them. I told them about uh, this place, and if by any chance they would be willing to support it and um, willing to fund two Bible workers for the entire year, and did that. Not only that, they went on and did that for the next ten years. They supported those two Bible workers. Um, that was the first thing happened. The second. Was um, having the right people on board. You can do a lot of things. You can have all the money that you want, but if you don't have the right people on board, and that God needs to send them to you, you um, you can screw up, or God's work it just um, won't won't be able to to move on as uh, as it's supposed to be and uh, that was the second thing on the very day that i had received the email that um, yes the project will be funded i was just all happy coming back and passing by going to my house that was on the church ground actually and that's where i met a church elder uh, from that church i had seen him for about six months uh doing evangelistic work for the church and going door to door and I meet him, and we just talk, and I just tell him I'm so blessed because God just opened the door, and I have um, I have now a promise uh, that I will get funds to reach out uh, to Liwale, the place where I grew up. And I will never forget the look in his eyes. He looked at me, and then suddenly he looked through me, and then he looked at me again. And, um, then he just said, Stefan, um, if you don't mind, I would like to be that Bible worker who goes out to that village with my friend who was also at that point in, at that church. I looked at him. I had seen him. I knew that he was devoted uh, to do God's work. I had never thought that he would be willing to do that. And I said, yes, no problem. Um, I think that's uh, a good idea. And, um, It went on only afterwards to find actually out that he, after trying a lot of different businesses and work, trying to make money and feed his family. um, At some point, he just sat down and he said, Lord, this is two o'clock in the morning, actually. He said, Lord, I don't know um, what I'm doing. Um, Actually, the the most important thing that I wish to be able to do in my life is to serve you 100% and to work as a missionary. And within twelve hours, twelve hours later, he meets me uh, at the corner of the church, where I'm just passing by and just telling him, "There is this place. I have the funds, everything is ready." God opened the door. And he realizes at that moment that God had opened the door. And from that on, uh, we work together, and now we are almost twelve years, him and uh, his friend. Uh, we've been working together, and they' are the very people who actually, uh, head of the two Bible schools uh, that we're operating in Tanzania.
0: Talk about the miracles of God. We have heard this Bible verse um, several times from the King James Version, that you know before you pray, God answers. So that was your experience before you could... Amen. Yes, God had the answer. And I also understand that as it leads to insurance. Those who sell insurance, they say that the thing that you are looking for is also looking for you. So he was looking for an opportunity and you were also looking for someone to join the team. And I take note of that point you made that in doing God's work, you need to have the right people on board or things. I'm changing a bit. Things can go awry. So for those who are doing missionary work, Or ministry, contemplating ministry, it's important to have the right persons, the right personnel on board or your ship might end up sinking rather than floating. I'm going to throw a few more questions at you. This one is kind of a lighthearted trivia question, you know. What do you suppose would surprise most persons about you?
1: Um, I think one of the things that I always catch people by surprise is uh, the fact that um, that I just speak Swahili at um, you know just as a local person from here. Um, and um, every now and then, you know, I, I think one time I met a pastor and uh, we had started talking in English, and of course, we went on in English, and at some point, we switched the language and we went on in Swahili. and when I started going on with Swahili, a friend of mine beside me, I could see his eyes and he was just like shocked. You know, it was like afterwards he just told me it was like, it was almost like there was a tape recorder in the back of you who was talking. I couldn't imagine. I have never seen uh, a white person talking so fluent, uh, Swahili. And it's just fun every now and then just uh, to see people just completely caught up by surprise. To see a person speaking the language so fluently, if you're on the phone or somewhere, they can't tell uh, that uh, you're not from here.
0: That's a good way to surprise folks. That's a very good way. That's true, that's true. Yes. And, you know, hearing you saying this, it's really encouraging because that is the experience many expatriates would have in, in Japan and other countries in, in in this part of the world, that when they you know, go out and the locals hear them speak, that's one of the things that persons find surprising, that here's this person who is you know, does not look like us, able to speak our language just like a native. That is always surprising, so that is really good. Now, on a more serious note, in a conversation with someone who has never heard about God, what would you tell them about God from your own experience, or to make it simpler, who is God for Stefan?
1: It's a very simple question that carries a lot. Um, I think it depends on where that person is coming from. Um, I mean, if this is, an, is he an atheist person, is he a Muslim person, is he um, maybe Hindu background. Um, it's just a lot of things that uh, you can start with. But I think most important is uh, to understand that um, that God is a God who created us as human beings and created this entire universe. And uh, that, that this God uh, who created everything, who is the creator, learns you and me to the core. And um, that, I like first to have just sink in and to be understood and uh, then from there on we can move on to other subjects and that's my own personal experience actually. Uh, One of the first things that um, I realized is uh, when I was studying on um, evolution as an atheist on evolution and um, creation. Uh, when I finally realized that uh, creation makes so much more sense, Um, there is no way that the hypothesis of evolution um, can stand its ground. Um, Coming from a very scientific background, as from my parents being both doctors and all that, um, when I realized that that, and realizing that there is a God, there is a creator, Not only that, He loves us to the core, and He has a way of life, uh, including the Sabbath. Those are things in my personal experience. And so a lot of times when I'm sharing with people who is God, I just share my own personal experience on how I experience it as an atheist, as a person who had turned his back on God and said, you know, these things don't exist. Um, Coming to the point where you realize there is a God, and that God loves me and that God cares about me and uh, cares so much about me that um, he sent his son to die for me. I think those are the things that most importantly I like to um, to tell people and sometimes just with uh, uh, a small story at the side uh, linked with a Bible verse. So It says when we search for God with all our heart, with all our soul, Uh, He shall be found by us. And um, saying that, you know, God can be found. If we are really, truly interested in finding God, we will find God. You know, just maybe with uh, the story of French, um, I think he was a French uh, philosopher, um, who uh, we just said that um, the biggest mistake um, when you think about death would be to live a life uh, without God just at the end of your life after death to find out that there is a God, um, that would be the biggest mistake. And um, looking at that, you know, you just pose that question to these people. What do you think about it? If there is a God and uh, we'll live as if there is no God, would that be not the biggest mistake doing
0: life? I love the way you have really answered. You know, it, it really depends on who it is that we are talking to, because then that determines which angle we would approach in giving an answer to that individual. Going back to your mission and projects, God is always outlining to us ways we can actually improve, you know, to do ministry a bit different from how we are doing it. So what do you sense that God is really inviting you to do right now? Or maybe in another way, you know, what is next as it relates to this ministry or maybe another two, five, ten years?
1: The focus after starting the outreach here in Liwale, um, having a church build as a base and then, building in the villages around about six other churches and probably over time we will have more churches being built. We started with the School of Evangelism and uh, actually that had been on my heart for a very long time. Uh, Since uh, I had passed myself through a School of Evangelism and a medical missionary training, um, I always dreamt about it that one day um, if things go well, I would like to, um, you know, start um, my own school and um, have other young people and adults as well, of course, who have an interest to be trained, to be more effective for God, to understand the message and understand what they're doing and um, to make make, uh, the study of how to reach people and to have people make a decision for Christ. To make that the study of their life and the science uh, of soul saving, to make that as their PhD study, that has been my um, goal and my my um, uh, my dream uh, because I've realized that when there is just one person who is dedicated, who really has a heart for for God, but uh, not only that, but he has. Um, He knows what he's doing. He's learned it. Um, He's learned the principles. Um, There is so much uh, that can be done through that one person. Me personally, probably being one of the examples, a small one. Um, But that was that thing. So I've been going on with that idea since 2018, when we started uh, the first school, and then we started about two years later. We started... um, like uh, the branch in uh, the northern part of Tanzania and um, just recently now we did uh, mobile training in Dar es Salaam in the biggest city of Tanzania with almost 40 young people that we trained there for six months and we do hope that all over the country uh, that what we have been told to make the churches a place of training as place of medical evangelism, but a place of training as well uh, biblical training, biblical training institutes to make churches out of that, to get that across. Uh, and by doing that, to train and to teach the congregations all over the place to become strong in the faith. And so that's what we're doing. And we do hope to uh, establish this uh, work far and bright. Tanzania is a huge country. Uh, with uh, many neighboring countries around uh, that all speak Swahili. And so uh, my goal is to reach out to that Swahili-speaking group of people and to take part in uh, training um, these people and train them to reach out to their fellow sisters and brothers that are living in darkness. That's the thing. And uh, we hope in future... Uh, to be able to establish as well an online uh, training uh, school in Swahili as well, uh, so that more people than even now have access uh, to the material, have access to be trained and uh, to become uh, a better shining light uh, for Christ, uh, wherever they are, where God has put them in their community.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That's so great vision not limiting it to one area one country but just spreading it far and wide now in case someone is listening and is impressed to tap into to contribute to your ministry or even to that is in a financial way or even to join maybe to volunteer how could they reach out to you i mean do you have a website or something like that that they could actually reach out or an email address? If that is so, please feel free to share as God inspire, because you know, oftentimes that is how we get additional persons on board to join in and support our ministry.
1: I do have for uh, Germany. Uh, we uh, channel funds uh, through ASI Germany, as well as uh, through a local church in Germany. But that's for Germany. If people want to get a tax break from that. Apart from that, um, I think the best thing to do is uh, probably first just uh, to contact me. We are working on a homepage. We don't have one out yet, uh, but I do hope at some point that you know, there will be an online presentation of the project that we're doing. And the other thing, uh, probably the easiest one, is just um, with uh, the phone number, my phone number, uh, which is um, PLUS. Four nine one five seven eighty ninety twenty four sixty five plus four nine one five seven eighty ninety twenty four sixty five. With that, you'll be able to get in touch with me immediately. And any questions that you have or um, thoughts or input, um, I'd be happy to to hear about that. Um, But you can also just um, send me an email. That would be um, Stefan with F, uh, then J for John, and then V-O-G-T at gmail.com. That's probably the easiest and fastest way of uh, being able uh, to reach out and um, then i can just um, contact or we can just uh, talk about whatever questions uh, are out there
0: brilliant and of course we hope we pray that among the listenership someone at least would be willing to join the team or they mean of someone who is looking forward to doing some missionary work it's a great opportunity for you to do so today i must say thanks for taking the time out to share with us not just your faith journey but about the work you are doing there in liwali in tanzania my guest today has been dr stefan Falk. he is a missionary doctor of german descent working there in tanzania We know that what he's doing, it may sound big for those who are outside, but for him, he just sees it as just a little drop in the bucket. But with Christ in the vessel, we can smile at the storm or better yet, little is much when God is in it. But doctor, before we go, do you have any parting words to share with our listeners?
1: What I really like to um, tell people when I'm telling my testimony or about the work that we've been doing and what God actually has done, wherever you are, uh, just understand that God has an intense interest uh, for people to be saved. And when I started this ministry, I was just um, a poor little student who was about to study medical studies and to become a doctor with um, no funds, uh, just um, a dedication and a wish uh, to serve the Lord. And um, what God has done uh, in that time, I have realized that uh, with every step that we take in faith, there is an army of angels that are stepping by our side with an echo that we don't hear, but that we should understand that God is there. So when God is putting a vision, a dream, um, something into your heart, and you realize God is asking you to do that, don't be afraid to step forward. Don't be afraid to say, Lord, here I am, send me. And be surprised how God will lead it and how we'll make sure that all these unanswered questions that you have about Maybe about funds, who I'm going to do it with, uh, what's going to happen with my life. All this, God has an answer. When we sit down and when that dream and that goal that God puts into our mind, when we plan that out and we allow God to change those plans as we go and we put those things into place, we will see God taking care of that and that invisible army that God is sending to make sure that um, The business of soul saving will never, and I repeat, will never go down. And uh, when you do that, whatever it is, what God has put on your heart, you will see miracles when you're willing to walk and enter that by faith.
0: Praise the Lord. We will see miracles when we are willing to walk by faith. You've been in tune to Upward Way. Do join us again next week when we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. Subscribe to weekly episodes on the Apple, AWR, Loud Voice, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podcast Guru apps. You're also welcomed to visit Upward Way Facebook page, click like, and leave a comment. Until then, I am Marlon Walters saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to The Upward Way Podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.